0: We're on episode 10 of the Triathlete Hour. I'm Kelly O'Meara, your host and the editor-in-chief of Triathlete Magazine. Hopefully, you also caught our new podcast, Triathletes Fitter and Faster, which is 100% focused on the training topics you need to get fitter and faster. You'll find episode one with Dr. Stacey Sims on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all the places. But today, on this show, we first talk with elite triathlon coach, Marilyn Chakota, about what athletes are struggling with right now and how they can adapt their training through all the uncertainty. Marilyn talks extensively about figuring out your motivation. And we link to the worksheet she mentions in our show notes. So do your homework. And then we have a long chat with multi-time Ironman champ and Kona podium finisher Heather Jackson. She tells us how she went from being a school teacher in San Jose to one of the fastest American women in Ironman. What made her quit her steady job, change her whole lifestyle, and move to San Diego to become a pro triathlete? How does she stay so positive? And she tells us what the deal was with the whole carrying a banana thing when she won Ironman Lake Placid. All that on today's episode, after this short break. If you've been paying attention to what the pros are doing, then you've probably heard about WHOOP. WHOOP is a fitness wearable that provides personalized insights on how recovered you are and how much stress you put your body through during the day. Each day when you get up, WHOOP gives you a recovery score based on your sleep, resting heart rate, and heart rate variability. And the way it works is you wear the whoop band around your wrist all day. And don't worry, it's 100% waterproof. It even tracks your heart rate while you're swimming. You can then analyze your activity and recovery levels in the app. And you can use features like Strain Coach, which gives you target workout exertion goals tailored to your body's recovery for that day. You can even set to tell you when you've hit your target strain effort for the day, like, okay, that was good, now you can stop. There's also a built-in sleep coach, which lets you know how much sleep you should be getting based on your expected activity level for the next day. And it tracks all your different sleep cycles. WHOOP is offering 15% off right now with the code triathlete at checkout. Go to WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter triathlete at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter. Optimize your performance with WHOOP today. Okay, I'm here with Marilyn Chakota, one of the, like elite triathlon coaches, and I have to say, I feel like I should carry this. My coach too, so this could get like super personal, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But I
0: wanted to have you on Marilyn because we've been getting just like so many questions. I get so many emails from triathletes who are just having a hard time with all the news right now with all the race cancellations and the uncertainty. And I'm wondering, I mean, obviously <laughs> you've been getting a lot of questions, I know from me, from you know, our fellow athletes, what kind of issues are you seeing people struggling with right now?
1: Yeah, this has been obviously a, a time that is, you know, nothing like we've ever seen before in sport. You know, sports essentially across the board have been canceled for this period of time. And so where does that leave us as, as athletes and coaches and how do coaches help direct their athletes through this time? And, you know, every person's um, circumstances are a little bit different in terms of, you know, where they live, what do they have access to, what they don't, um, what their personal goals are, where they're at in their athletics. And so as coaches, we really have to help athletes navigate through that and and stay positive. And, um, you know, I think first identifying for each athlete where their motivation comes from. So that's going to be really important. So number one, what are they what are their circumstances what are they dealing with and then where does their motivation come from and and what is their end result goal so you know obviously a professional athlete what their life is going to look like right now as the, As they move through this versus someone who is a lifestyle athlete and and isn't really looking to race that much and is more doing triathlon on for lifestyle health and fitness so really um, for coaches taking the time to sit with their athletes and find out you know what is the athlete's motivation where does it come from and then developing a plan that's in line with that athlete's motivation and and goals their their long term outcome Outcome, you know, what, what, it was why are they doing this sport and what are they trying to get out of it and making sure that that's all in line. And um, I think that's really the first step for a lot of coaches and athletes as they navigate through this. So obviously, if your, if your goal is to go to the Olympics and now the Olympics are canceled, that's going to be an entirely different conversation than, hey, I'm, I'm just looking to improve my health and my lifestyle. And, and, um, you know, I do this purely for improvement of, of my own personal you know, development and and goals that way. So that's, that's step one. I think that's super important as we, as we move through this. I've been saying to a lot of athletes, you know, um, in terms of mental health, as we move through this, it it might be a good idea just to shift your mindset towards really long-term. In other (laughs) words, a very, a very simple way of putting it is saying, let's just start right now thinking about 2021. So if you, if you just, because I think that anticipation of waiting around, like, is it going to be June? Is it going to be July? Is it going to be August? Is it going to be November? And we just really don't know at the moment. And so I think if we can just say, hey, let's shift our mindset of whatever that is, wherever your motivation is, your overall development, your goals—that's a personal conversation between you and your coach. If if we just shift that plan that you developed together towards 2021 being your 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 pursuit of where you're going to be the strongest, then then now the whole the whole uh, idea of that changes and the motivation towards that changes because we're really shifting towards 2021 versus are we sitting around and waiting for next month, three months, six months, and, and just sort of in that like lingering, hanging on sort of gray zone. It's like we clearly are going to wait until then. and And if something happens before then, fantastic. You know, maybe it's icing on the cake. Maybe it's a preparation you even say to your athlete well if something happens to open up before then then we can make a decision together whether this can be a piece of the puzzle to work towards that 2021 or is it maybe even smarter to say even as things open up you make a personal decision together whether you are ready to jump back in the fire or we just simply make that call to wait till 2021 you know each athlete you might approach that differently so you know, one athlete might say, "I'm going to do some local running races," or I might, you know, uh, jump into if there's some local triathlons that open up, or perhaps they're they're ready to even jump in the fire with with the big ones that open up later. Um, it, it's going to be a little bit different. Someone else might say, "Hey, I, I really want to just wait and ride this time out and let all the let all the hiccups and and you know see how this is going to play out and just sit on the sideline for a bit before I jump back in and and um you
0: know you want the uh at, it, like you it, always you don't eat the first uh you don't eat the first pancake right you always like let let them yeah. figure out how to do it
1: first <laughs> it's like cliff diving you go first right right, right? <laughs> let me know how let me know what's on the bottom there <laughs> um but yeah so i think it, it's going to be a little bit different for everyone so
0: i that is something i mean i think that is it's something heather jackson says later in this episode we were talking about where there's something really hard I think about being like okay it's fine I'll just wait till June and then June gets canceled. okay I'll just wait till July and then I'll just wait till August and you keep having to like and I think that's been what's really emotionally hard for a lot of us for a lot of athletes just the not knowing and you keep pushing it back and so I mean I personally have felt like I'm just not going to even worry about this year but a lot of people you know they're signed up for races they aren't going to get their money back they like they have it on their calendar and they don't know if they should be training or not training like it's just it's hard to know
1: yeah, and I think if, if if each athlete can, like I say, you for, sort of figure out, and you and I talked before this episode a little bit through email about if you're intrinsically motivated or, you know, if it, like, go back and revisit those a little bit. So am I doing this for, you know, mastering a skill? Am I trying to, okay, so you look at it, I need to get to a level where I want to win an Ironman. So what are all of the skills that I need to master in order to get to that point and, and maybe go back to the fundamentals. And you can look at it as I have this opportunity of time to rebuild from the ground up towards that that goal long term. And and I've talked even a, a lot about, you know, look at things. If you're an Olympic athlete and COVID wasn't in the mix and you're at the start of your four-year journey you and your coach set out a plan to say, okay, four years from now, we're going to peak for the Olympics. And then along the way, there is, you know, world championships, there's national championships, and even if you're, you know, Commonwealth Games, these types of things. So you could look at this time period like that and say, okay, I'm not going to race till 2021. Or even if I get to before then, those are going to be building block moments towards 2021. So let's look, I've got this huge chunk of time to take advantage of, you know, all these pieces of the puzzle that are going to go into that. Maybe for some athletes, it's revamping their entire uh, nutrition, their skill set, their base, Their um, maybe they need to work on their top-end ceiling. I, every athlete's different, but those are the things that you're going to look at with your coach. What do you have available to you? And then where are my weaknesses? And what am I working towards long-term to get to get there and set start setting those long-term plans?
0: For sure. And I think some people... <laughs> I know you and I have gone back and forth about this, but some people, you know, they're like, it's too rough right now. It's too hard. I just want to have fun. I need to like mentally not wear myself out. And, you know, that's fine too. Like, I think everyone is going to be like a little different for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important thing to recognize as well is that, you know, if you're if you're struggling in terms of, um, you know, I don't want to keep this massive amount of structure and push for something big at the moment, that recognizing that, you know, as a coach, you look at your athlete and say, "Okay, we need to step the pressure piece of this back. However, I need to keep this athlete rolling forward in the development phases towards their overall goal because if we get too far away from that, now we've got to we've got to take even longer to get there, or um, maybe they've gotten too far away from the base level of skills, fitness, um, you know, just level of overall performance to be within reach of the goal that they set for themselves that when when things are back to normal, you know, you're in a good position going forward. So, you know, if the athletes sort of mentally tapping out and saying, I can't, you know, this is where I'm at mentally, then then the coaches out there need to say, okay, recognize that this is where you are mentally. However, I need to now set a plan forward to keep them as close as possible to what they're going to need to do to come out of this and, and still be there with their best foot forward and, and ready to work towards those goals. And we're not starting from complete ground zero, or perhaps what let a window of opportunity go by that is is too far away, and mental part is is a big part of it, right? You don't want your athletes to come out of this time period completely burnt out. So you need, as coaches, you need to to listen to them and say, yes, uh, this athlete does need less structure, or they need maybe just a little bit more freedom, or they need to have a lot more fun. I have athletes doing everything from. You know, some athletes, they want to participate in a lot of the challenges and, and race, Zwift online races and the all of The virtual stuff,
0: okay, yeah. Yeah,
1: because yeah. Cause they're extrinsic, I can't ever say that word. They're motivated by, you know, results and other, other extrinsically stuff. Motivated. And, and <laughs> extrinsically motivated. <laughs> extrinsically, I can't say that word. I have such a hard time with it. So they, you know, that is really important to them and keeping it, keeping it fun is going to be better for them and their overall development when we come out of this and we do get to work towards the real race versus if I said, no, you need to just stick to your plan. Instead, I'm like, okay, well, let's use these races within your plan. And I'm going to actually teach you tactics and how to get after it. And how are we going to win some of these races? And we use those as motivators to keep them excited having fun because part of the the biggest battle is just keep turning up every day right i mean that's the battle of training is you just keep turning up every day now another athlete might say like look i i really need a lot of structure right now i need i need your help i need to know every single day i'm working towards something really really big and i need to really actually be feeling like i'm continually pushing hard towards that big goal. Even if it is 12 months down the road, I want to know every single session is geared towards that. I'm not interested in a bunch of challenges. I I don't want to just lay around and, and wait for this to, to be over. I'm very motivated and I need a lot of structure towards, towards accomplishing those goals. And so you're going to see everything from those two extremes and everything in between. And I think it's the coach's job to make sure that you nurture that and find that out about that athlete and then set the plan in place so that the end result is the same. When we come out of this, whatever, whatever that looks like with within the athletes, you know, mental makeup, logistical, what's going on for them. And, and ultimately set them up for success as they come out of this, you know, you don't want them to be, um, you know, coming out of this, having to start over or, or just maybe even turn away from the sport.
0: No, no, you don't want them to quit because
1: it's, because of COVID. Yeah, exactly.
0: We have been talking a lot. I mean, I've been hearing a ton about motivation and you know what motivates you for the last two months. And we've been talking a lot about extrinsically versus intrinsically motivated. But there's a way that, so sorry for people who don't know, that means like kind of being motivated by the outcome versus being motivated by the process itself. And people always talk about it as if, one is better than the other as if being motivated by the process is better than you know being motivated by racing but i love racing like racing is great like yeah so yeah. i don't think it necess- like one isn't necessarily better than the other right
1: i agree no no one isn't better than the other and i even had some great conversation with both athletes about you know what so some people will say well you you know what motivates a person it might be that we talk about it always needing to be happy or very, you know, positive and all of these things. Well, some people are motivated by anger or they're <laughs> like motivated. <Michael> Jordan, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you see yeah very, very successful athletes that are motivated, you know, even by um competitive spite or, you know, there is a, a wide variety of emotions or things that motivates athletes and Um, and brings out great results. I think as coaches, it's our job to figure out, like I say again, with each athlete, and it changes too, which with each athlete, what motivates them at that time. So like what motivates an athlete through COVID and what motivates an athlete in a normal race season is going to look, it might look different or as they develop as an athlete, what motivates you when you're a beginner versus as you advance through your development or when you're a professional and then when you're retired and doing it for a lifestyle, I mean, your motivations are, are going to change. And hopefully either you're working with a coach or, or with, um, you know, a great group of friends or peer group or whatever to to keep you know nurturing that forward. And so, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, if so, if your motivation, you know, I've seen plenty of athletes, they're like, my motivation is to go out there and win. And they're purely motivated by winning. Um, and I don't think that there's anything, anything wrong with that, it's just, you know, navigating what the best plan to keep that, keep nurturing that through this time, and so, like I say, there's different outlets for that, so maybe you place in your program different test sets, or 5k sets, or virtual races, and, and you continue to nurture that, so that they keep getting better when the normal races aren't available um, right now, and, and someone who's, intrinsically motivated by the process you're you're going to keep revisiting more of the what is why are they doing this day-to-day what is it why is this personal to them more of you know keep documenting all of the all of this those things you know revisiting those and keeping their motivation high through through that process so and
0: Sure. Yeah, it was like you sent me a questionnaire thing that people can take to kind of figure out their motivations, which I might link to in our in our show notes and stuff. So if people want to kind of ask themselves what they're motivated by, they can. Um, yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. How much are you spending, like talking to your athletes right now, working them through this stuff?
1: Yeah, the um, the sports motivation scale. I mean, anyone can look that up. You can you know you can Google that and put your and you can do it yourself. Um, you know, go through the little questionnaire if you're unsure how you're motivated. Um. There's lots of little workbooks out there. There's real, real simple ones. And, um, you know, again, I'm a, I'm such a big believer in that uh, coaching is, it's a, it's a, the business of, there's an element of relationships, right? I mean, your, your job as a coach is to figure out what each athlete needs to get the most out of them. You know, whether it's, if they're lacking in an area of skills or education, or whether it's physical, mental, nutritional, whatever that is. And so again, each has some athletes there right now. They don't, they don't really need me to talk to them a whole lot. I had an athlete email me the other day. He's like, well, um, he's in, in Panama. So he's really locked down. You know, they're allowed to outside two hours a day for essentials only. And it's been that way for like eight weeks and they no end in sight. And so I didn't need to have a conversation with him. He just took it upon himself. He emailed me, he said for the next, Eight weeks, I'd like to increase my STP. I've got available to me my trainer. That's it. Um, I can focus one hour a day and work pretty hard on my trainer. And I'd like to test now, do a block to increase my STP. And eight weeks from now, I'd like to retest, period. Boom. That was it. I didn't need to do anything other than set the plans in order for that to happen. And then I have other athletes that, you know, they're, they're needing um, more emails, phone calls, Zoom calls, um, group connects, um, you know, challenges different things they they're they're needing a little bit more um direction from me or maybe a little bit more structure or communication and and conversations and that kind of stuff so um I hate to sound repetitive but it you know it in coaching it, it always is it depends it depends right. on the athlete yeah.
0: I mean I guess that's true. If you're saying it doesn't depend, then you're probably wrong, right? So
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean it's just it's not a one glove fits all type thing if you're if you're really in it for helping people but be better because everybody's different.
0: Yeah. All right. So what is like not to then, you know to pick pick one thing that everybody can follow. <laughs> what yeah. is like a thing that uh the thing, you know, you've kind of been hearing a lot that, you know, people are getting wrong right now or that would help them through all this?
1: Yeah. So the, uh, and I'll even give you two, just to, to help you out here. Two things that I will advise people and that I've been saying pretty consistently is no matter how bad you feel right now, keep, just don't stop. So keep some level of um, whether it be from very extreme to very, very driven and goal and all these goal orientated and, and like all these great things we're talking about to hey, I only have enough energy to do something, you know, for 30 to 30 minutes a day, or, you know, five days a week, or whatever. However, I'm saying, don't, don't stop so that you have to start from ground zero when you come out of this. So the one that would be the first is continue to stay connected in some way. Um, and then the other piece of advice is what we already talked about, I'd say is if you can shift that mindset to, instead of, um thinking about hoping for right now what about june what about july what about because we can't control the unknown shift your entire mindset to let's just focus on very long term which would be 2021 2022 what do i want to do 5 years from now and set all of your expectations goals and plan towards those long term develop that long term development for you in in sport and in health and in life And then I think you're going to start to see, be able to develop a plan for yourself that's going to feel a lot better if if you're struggling right now.
0: Yeah, I had to go through and delete the races out of training peak. So I stopped getting like the notifications emotionally. Exactly,
1: exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you
0: so much, Marilyn, for talking to us and for all the advice. And I'm hoping, you know, it helps some people.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having having me. And um, yeah, always happy to help.
0: We're triathletes. We like to know how we're performing and how we could be better. We want all the data. And that's where WHOOP comes in. WHOOP is a fitness wearable that tracks your heart rate, heart rate variability, sleep, activity levels, calories burned, and most importantly, recovery. Every day, WHOOP gives you a recovery score based on how your body is recovered from the day before. So you can know if today's the day to tackle that huge workout or maybe adjust and pull back a little, take an extra nap. WHOOP is offering 15% off right now with the code triathlete at checkout. Go to WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P dot com and enter triathlete at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover better, and train better. Get faster right now with WHOOP. All right, I'm here with Heather Jackson, the current Ironman American record holder, many time Ironman champion, and you like... Just drove back from Arizona to Bend, right? Uh, literally, yeah.
2: Well, well, I guess
0: two days ago now, but I've lost track of what day it is. <laughs> Everyone, what's the joke? Time means nothing anymore. It's fine.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, like I was just describing um, to you earlier, I was definitely ready to, uh, just ready for a change. Um, we were, Wadi, my husband, and I were obviously trying to respect the different um, – things going on right now just with travel and social distancing and all that so yeah we were kind of holding out down in tucson and i was ready to get back up here to bend um so finally convinced him he's more of a desert heat rat and i'm more like mountains cold air so every year it's not a battle but it's like i always want to come back here earlier and he wants to linger there longer but we're back up in bend
0: (laughs) i was gonna ask you how did you guys end up in these like because I remember you used to live back in the Bay Area. Like, how did you end up in the Bend, Arizona triathlon thing yeah. that everyone does? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I know. It's so funny, right? Yeah, because my triathlon days started um, in San Jose area. So I had moved to San Jose, California um, right out of college So and met all the local triathletes there and kind of got into the sport the most there and that's where I met Wadi. he was working for Triadly Magazine for like 12 oh. years so um he had come up with then editor Brad Culp and those were the two they were like the two like oldest people I know in the sport or <laughs> longest standing so him and uh, Culp like came up did an interview on one of the local tri teams and then we all went out that night and had like a pretty late night uh, the three of us <laughs> So that's where I met Wadi. I didn't start dating him until almost like a year and a half later. But uh, we just kind of stayed in touch and I'd see him at races and stuff. And then he convinced me to move to San Diego where he was at the time. But my brother has lived in Bend for about 10 years now. So we started visiting him and fell in love. And um, so that's how we end up in Bend eventually, um, after a few years in San Diego. And then I used to come down to Tucson for training camps with my previous coach, Cliff English. And so that's how the Tucson thing started. And we were just renting a VRBO every time we'd go down there for a training camp. And then, um, all my Kona preps have been done in the heat of Tucson. And so we just realized all the t- money we were spending on Airbnbs and VRBOs, like we could get a place there. So we, f- we finally were able to get, get a spot down there. Um, I think three years ago now. So yeah, pretty lucky. feel very, very fortunate to have have that possibility. Yeah. The two, two spots.
0: (laughs) Right. You're like living the dream now. I was going to ask you later about how you got uh, into the sport, but I feel like since you just brought it up, I mean, you started as like age group athlete, you were a teacher, like an elementary school teacher, just like doing (laughs) this for fun on the weekends. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to be a pro at this, which I don't think people like realize that at all. (laughs)
2: Yeah, no, totally. I was full. I was age trooper for probably um, three years, two or three years, right out of college again, like my mom um, and dad were doing a local sprint try back in New Hampshire. And I was home from college for the summer and went with them. So that was my first one ever. Um, Did a few more that year, but then fast forward a year and I had graduated and I got the teaching job out in San Jose. So I drove cross country with my sister and then I, yeah, I looked, looked up the local um, tri teams in the area and then at the time um, Becky Lavelle was like one of the top oh, pros yeah. and she lived in Los Gatos with her also pro triathlete husband um, Brian Lavelle and they would run different kind of group workouts in the area and then um, I hooked up with the local tri team through them and um, I was raced on the age group team Alsis is what it was called yeah, at I the time that. Yeah, um, for Yeah. I think that was two or three seasons. Um, and I was teaching at, it was called the Harker school. I mean, it's still there, um, in San Jose for two years. Um, it was during then that I met Wadi and Waddy's like, you can always teach. You can always go back to it. You can always try to give us a go. So, um, he's like, yeah, I can help you out as best I can. And, um, he's like, you should move down to San Diego. Like I can help you out. And so, um, yeah, it was at Wildflower 2009 that Waddy was there for Triathlete Meg. And he was like, yeah, just do it. Just make the move. And so I went, I remember I went back after Wildflower. This is why Wildflower was such a, like a monumental piece of my life, really just so many different things there. But it was, he said, okay, you should give this a go. So I went back, told our principal that I was going to be done after the school year ended, which was about a month later. And Packed up and moved
0: down. <laughs> okay, how good were you, were you at the time? Because I feel like there are some times where you, if you were like, "Hey, I'm going to quit my job, move to the city I've never been to, and become a professional athlete," you'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> right."
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had had I I had been winning my age group, and then um, like I would compare it to the results of pros, and I had a few few results here and there that would have would have placed me. I don't know. Maybe like a top 10 or top five with the pros. So there were a couple where it was like, okay, um, I couldn't swim at, I mean, I still can't swim, but <laughs> I was getting out like, I can't even remember what I used to swim a half in. It was uh, very far back from the front, front women. So <laughs> I want to say I was in like the 40s for some oh, of them. No. So. <laughs> like 20 minutes behind (laughs) but I could bike because I had the the leg muscles from hockey so I had all my all the skill during those kind of first years were all on the bike just um yeah having having just skated for 20 years of my life but um and then yeah I couldn't run either so it was this uh
0: You like get out of the water time. really far back. You bike your way all the way up, and then you just, like, try to hold on. Walk in, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Oh, no. That's true. You did – because you did hockey, like, your whole – I mean, you played in college. That was your sport. Why didn't you go pro in mm-hmm. hockey?
2: Yeah, that was – I mean, that was the goal. For women, there wasn't anything as a thing, Um, especially then. The only thing, really, was the Olympics. So I tried for the 06 games and didn't make the team. Um And so – and that coincided with my senior year of college. So after that, there was nothing. Now there is actually like a minor league um, program. And then there's some other kind of semi pro leagues in Canada and Europe for women, but there is, it's not like there's an NHL for women. So um, it was kind of like, yeah, what am I going to do now? And I, I didn't pick, yeah. Triathlon was just random. It wasn't like, Oh, now I want to do triathlon. Like it was, I literally just was supporting my mom uh, by going with her and, it sounded like a fun like adventure but I I didn't even know what it was really at the start
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're like wait explain to me what we're doing
2: (laughs) yeah well the first one I ever did was a mountain bike um not technical it was just like your I rode my mountain bike it was a 12 mile mountain bike to a lake you swim across a lake and then you ran up um the ski mountain it was in New Hampshire um but I just thought like at, at any rate or all races were different possible like it didn't I didn't know there was like a specific order it was always swim bike run or I I thought they were all just like yeah you're gonna swim and bike and run and all of them
0: are different (laughs) we're just gonna make it up yeah
2: yeah sometimes you bike first sometimes you run first
0: (laughs) that would be more fun I think actually if it was just like yeah yeah
2: yeah or you didn't know until you got there on the day but that could be fun
0: (laughs) so since you did spend like you know, a long time of your life really dedicated to, uh, you know, another sport at elite level. And then you were to do the age group thing for a while and then you kind of transition. What do you think was the biggest change? Like this is what I'm curious about between being an age grouper and a pro, like what did you have to really shift mentally and physically?
2: Um, That's a good question, actually. Um, I think it's more like you have to be way more disciplined because I used to just, um, but discipline in so many areas. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was just with my training of being way more structured of, okay, what I'm doing today has an effect on tomorrow, has an effect on the next day. And I'm doing it on this day for a certain reason. Um, It's going to affect my fatigue level tomorrow in this way. Like I used to just go to all the different group things in San Jose area, like all the track workout, the group rides and just go as hard as I could and hammer every workout. I think that can Sometimes be a common theme with age groupers, just um, ones I've worked with before at camps, or like you just go hard every single workout, every single session, every day. Um, because, yeah, a lot, as an age grouper, you're you usually have another job. Like it's not your profession. So you're getting off work and you only have an hour to work out, or you only have an hour before and then an hour after. So everyone is hard. And I used to do that when I was teaching. I'd swim in the mornings and then in the afternoon, just. Hammer or whatever it was that I was doing, whether a bike or a run. And when you're a pro, you have your. It allows you to be more calculated with gaining fitness and how you approach it versus um, going hard every session every day because that catches up to you. And so it was learning, I guess, that process, and then learning just um, more beyond just the physical side of training, um, but managing your day, um, managing other things, sponsor relationships, um, really treating it as a business over just, Oh sweet. I don't have to work anymore. Like I'm a pro, like I just can do whatever and train whatever. And it's, it's really not that, especially if you want to, um, yeah, treat it as a business and, and work for those partners that are supporting you. Um, so yeah, just, and I was so beyond lucky to have Wadi kind of guiding me cause he, had been in the industry for 15, I don't know how long, 15 years. And he had a lot of contacts, but he also knew, um, you know, the other side of things like, okay, this company wants to support you. They're going to pay you actual money. Um, you have to, that's your job now. Like what are you going to do for them? And so just staying on top of those relationships as well, um, as just, yeah, wanting to train all day, every
0: day. (laughs) I know a lot of people think pros just like hang out all day, but pros are really busy. They're very busy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it, it, I have a lot, especially now it's crazy. Even with no um, racing on the near near horizon, it's like we, yeah, find ourselves even busier, which fair enough, like you have to work for your partners in other ways now. So just with videos and all these other, other things going on right now.
0: Oh, um, for sure. Zoom happy hours, all that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um i haven't i know we we like didn't even talk about quarantine and like how you're dealing with it and everything so you were in arizona when i don't say when shit went down when things happened uh with eric and paula right because we talked to them a few weeks ago
2: oh nice yeah totally oh my gosh yeah it was
0: awesome i mean
2: we've spent some time with them i guess more i've randomly trained with paul in the past and then hung, hung out with eric a little bit prior but not like this last stint so it was almost like yeah, we were for, not forced into quarantine, but obviously like not meant to travel, not meant to leave home. Um, they were kind of splitting time, like in their van slash then moved into our home. So we had only been with them anyway, So it was like fine and we were, felt comfortable and we were all just, we literally, I mean, to be honest, like life quote unquote quarantine wasn't that much different. Like it's not like we ever go out anyways. <laughs> I think it's more just being more aware when you're out, like riding and running, right. staying away from people that you don't know. So, for instance, in Tucson, there's like this super popular bike path. And so, like, I stopped using that as much as I could just because there's more people on it. So, oh my God, just there's run. so many
0: people. Bike paths are dangerous, right? Now. I got like hit on a bike. It's so yeah. dangerous right now. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
2: yeah so just that was more the change that versus like going out to restaurants and stuff because we I mean rare not rarely but yeah it's not so anyways but yeah having it go down with Eric and Paula like we were like oh okay I mean at first you know I think we were all super positive because we're like okay ocean it was we were all training for Oceanside and then Oceanside was canceled and we're like okay this will just be like a month or so kind of gives us this little pause and we can kind of check out some things we've been meaning to. And that was about two hours South of Tucson is just this like untapped area down by the Mexico border. And it's just, it is incredible riding, running trails, dirt roads. There's a lake down there. So we just, yeah, the four of us went down there and just camped out for, um, I mean, I, we were down there for like three weeks total, but we came back up to Tucson a couple times just to do laundry and, like, check in on internet and stuff like that be responsible. But otherwise, yeah, we were literally, like, off a dirt road camping. They had their van, and then Wadi and I were just sleeping in our Honda Element, and it was was pretty rad. I mean, no other time would we have ever, you know, had the opportunity to do that. So it was kind of, I think, really exciting, and we were staying pretty positive. And then as it started to drag on a bit, it was like, okay, I mean – I think everyone started to crave that, like, not structure, but like, okay, what are we working towards? What are the new goals? Um, right.
0: I mean, you guys ultimately did, like, a QOM attempt at Mount Lemon, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. That kind of came out of that. We all, we came back. We were like, all right, like, now what? And we were kind of all just, like, hanging out for a couple of days. We were back up um, in Tucson. And then, yeah, Paul and I were – we had been watching the battle between Lionel and Sam Long, so <laughs> – it, that was just fun and we uh for Waddy, Yang support Sam Long and so Wadi and him are pretty close and he had been keeping Wadi up to date on I'm gonna go for Lemon again if you want to like get any photos or photo shoots Waddy's obviously always trying to catch assets for that so and Paul and I were like oh we should do that we but we're not like we're <laughs> we're like friends and not that like i don't know what the word would be so we were like how should we do this like should we just do it together should we like like go a minute apart or but yeah we decided on sunday and then got up and did it monday morning so Um, yeah she crushed it i was gonna say she she,
0: i mean the fact that she took that qom that a triathlete could take it because you know very very good cyclists have done it right pretty crazy yeah
2: no she is i mean yeah I, I mean, I already knew she was super strong, but she just, yeah, uh, the, it, it's tough to, like, it was pretty windy that day, like, it, those sort of things, you never know, like, it's, sometimes you need the luck of the draw of, like, okay, it's gonna be windy, is it right, different right. things, I mean, obviously, same in line, will look like they, like, really study. Yeah, I think they
0: went, like, all in, on, like, it was, like, <laughs> full on Kona prep style race course.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: But so you've been like adjusting your goals some and stuff through all this. Is that like, because obviously at this point, I mean, we don't know when racing is going to resume. Nobody knows. So how are you kind of adjusting and like staying focused week to week?
2: Yeah. So at first it was that, you know, initial thing of, okay, Oceanside's canceled, which for me was completely fine because I'm always usually slow to get going in the year. Um, just that first April, May can be up and down for me of just, like, I usually take a very long off-season. So (laughs) Um, I shut it down fully after Arizona. And then December, I don't do much, like, I snowboard a ton. And so then January, February, I'm just getting going. And so, um, yeah, it was like, okay, that's fine. But then when it you start to realize it's – I thought, okay, my season will start with Chattanooga, 70.3, which –
0: Like in the summer. I've won –
2: yeah, like, later May, and then – and I was like, okay, maybe – if not even that, then maybe Coeur d'Alene. will be back up to then. Love Coeur d'Alene. We have an amazing homestay there. We'll drive over to that one, and then fly out and do Lake Placid. And, obviously – so, yeah, I guess – back to your question. Things have shifted. I think it – I think it clicked for me that triathlon was going to be delayed for a while. Um, in the back of my head, I thought for a bit that maybe – um, Dirty Kanza was going to happen, which is a 200 mile right. gravel race, um, June 1st weekend. So it would be would have been coming up, and that wasn't canceled until a little bit later. So for me, we just started riding. We're like, okay, that's sweet. Like triathlons might go off, not go off, but it, there might be a better likelihood. Like a smaller sized gravel event in the middle of nowhere might actually happen. This was before it kind of escalated more and more. So. I started putting in long miles on my gravel bike thinking like, Oh, like, which has been on my list anyways, like right. adding in some of these gravel events. So it wasn't, it was like, sweet. I'll just train for DK. And once I can swim again, cause I haven't, yeah, the pools have been closed. We were swimming in that Lake, but um, yeah, the pools were obviously fully shut down everywhere. So, but then that got moved. And so, yeah, I think it's just been you just shift. Um, and then adapt, I guess what you should be doing and that what you should be doing, I think is very personal. Um, I know I have some friends that are just, yeah, crushing it, like motivated every day. I have some that aren't doing as much cause it's technically, if you plan your year out fit for your certain fitness levels, you're, we are technically back in like December, January. So, and that's how I guess me personally, I'm treating it as well. It's like, kind of laying the base this year it's just going to be a very very big base um with month after month of, <laughs> of aerobic work but aerobic work strength work um I mean I've thrown in a few things like the Mount Lemon. um I did one of the Zwift races oh you
0: did okay um
2: I did the first one because I was like oh cool like let's check out this was it and got
0: and then you were like this was is crazy, crazy.
2: <laughs> like absurd i have not done i've been doing like big gear work and you have to like sprint all out for like i don't even know that first I had been warned paula because paula rides Zwift a lot um she's like you need to get start spinning up now because we were actually on that first one in the our garage together she's like you need to start sprinting now and i was like i am i'm sprinting sprinting i'm trying i swear <laughs> and then everyone's gone i'm like what
0: oh man that's yeah so it sounds like you just kind of been a gel- you're going through the same thing all of us are going through which is like eh, like maybe i can do this and then you maybe i can do that maybe but it just keeps changing um <sighs> are you finding it yeah. hard to deal with i'm finding it hard to deal with like emotionally oh yeah oh.
2: yeah i like i thousand percent cracked last week which was why i think part partly why we also came uh, wadi agreed to make the drive up i literally was just like done. And I think all, everything kind of sunk in. Um, it just all came. Yeah. I like slept for like three days straight. It was just, I don't know, stress, um, Mm -hmm. constantly being like, what should I be doing? I mean, I'm training a lot. Like I was still doing, I had a couple like 30 hour weeks and training like 25 to 30 hour, like Ironman weeks. Cause again, like you're saying, like everything is slowly readjusted. I wish like I don't know, not like the Olympics where they're like, okay, it's just next year. It would be so much less stress if they were just like, okay, we're going to race next year versus like,
1: are yeah. we get,
2: is Lake Placid going to happen? Because for a while, and I, I just saw it was postponed yesterday, but it's yeah. like, you keep thinking like, okay, well, I need to be ready to go if Lake Placid's going to happen. But it's not um, going to happen.
0: It's not going to happen. But no.
2: Yeah. I mean, exactly. anybody, I was. Then, it was
0: weird to me that people, yeah, it is weird that you know... You don't know. It's
2: like you knew,
0: but you didn't want to accept it.
2: Like, I knew, but then it's like you don't want to fully shut it down because you've just – I, like, had a great preseason this year. I had a great three months, and I'm, like, fit, and then I've let it go a bit, like, kind of went back to aerobic. Um, But, yeah, it's just this weird – I don't know. But So back to your question. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had ups and downs. Last week was a rough one. Um, And now we're back in Ben. I feel – just a little bit yeah not remotivated, but again it's like what am I gonna what am I doing so I mean we have yeah I'm we're planning out some different like gravel adventures bike packing trips stuff around here again like not traveling but within your own area obviously and just I don't know I mean I'm t- t- right now it's ch- again I keep saying the same thing it's like you just readjusted Chattanooga 70.3 is tentatively august
0: 23rd will that happen
2: yeah uh, i know i think i'm mean, optimistic it <laughs> seems no very
0: optimistic i yeah i think we've been getting i've been getting a lot of feedback i think the age groupers are going through a lot of the same stuff the pros are going through because they keep saying because they sign up for a very specific race right like they don't have the luxury of picking and choosing like you right. do and yeah. so they like are and they don't know like they probably it's not going to happen but how do you know you don't know it's still on the calendar it could happen maybe right do I stop trading? Exactly. I don't
2: know yeah yeah it's so hard it's like but then even yeah then I'm like okay well I technically would be doing a lot of halves right now and I use those to race into fitness and for say like a Kona like or a different event so it's like okay, should we, I've talked with my coach about this. Like, should we just plan one out on the weekend that I would still be doing it and just get that same effort level and to be, like keep building the fitness. And that, But then it's like, you don't want to burn matches because right. when you do, it is time to race and it's time to like battle it out with top other top professional women. Like, I don't want to be fried because I've just been like, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's no right answer. And it's like, I think it's so like, on some days I want to go ride my bike all day. And then other days I am on the couch, like watching TV all day. So it's, right. I think it's a very stressful time and very up and down. And I don't know that there's, I think it's good to maybe set a goal um, to work towards just to give yourself that daily motivation. But um, it's tough. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean
0: nice. I know. it's nice to hear it's tough for you too. Cause I think, um, you know, I, obviously we've been hearing a lot about like staying positive and being flexible and adjusting your goals, but it's nice to know, it's nice to know you're going through the same thing. We all
2: are. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there are people out there that are fine every day. I can't imagine it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That many people though, that every day are like waking up, like super motivated and excited. People who like never (laughs) turn
0: on the news. Those are the
2: people. I know. Oh my God. I had to stop doing that. I I went off, yeah social media too for a bit like I'll go through these phases like because even if you just open your phone it's like bombarded with yeah just it's intense something about it and I don't even want to like I I don't want to hear about it I know it's there and I'm not trying to avoid it or not talk about it just I don't want to see one more like I don't know, social distancing post or like so and so wasn't six feet away or it's like, ah,
0: oh, Yeah, the social media stop. has gotten very intense. People are, yeah, people have a lot of time, a lot of anxiety. I get it. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: But you're known for being like very positive, right? Like we're always like, oh, Heather's always smiling and laughing. And we're, <laughs> how do you like maintain that positivity, right? Like what's your, does it just come naturally?
2: um (laughs) thank you i try i think i am just a very like yeah because sometimes wadi or other people will be like what like yeah not like where is this coming from like this is not a good time right now and i'm still i don't know i think i just have like a naturally very positive i i always try to make the best out of something or like see the positive um i yeah i don't know (laughs) That's not to say, though, like what I just shared, though, that I don't haven't had some rough days because I certainly certainly have. But I don't know. I mean, I think you can use the time. There are I have found a lot of great positives out of this little mini break. I mean, you can definitely put in good base work, which any training you do, that's not going to take that's going to help you like it's you can use this time for the good for sure. It's just making like finding that motivation every day to stay with it um and then maybe doing new things you wouldn't otherwise like if you have specific efforts and intervals that you do when you're prepping for a certain race like now's the time you can just we've been able to go out and explore ride our gravel bikes a ton like get out see new trails new places um go camping in the back of our car where we would never have done that if i had like specific training i needed to be doing we i wouldn't be sleeping in the back of our car <laughs> the day before right you're like so. no probably
0: not <laughs> Like, oh, I think they I mean, also just started landscaping outside my house. If you can hear that in the background. This is the working from home era. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you were it's, it's, getting into gravel. Like, you were supposed to do a whole bunch of gravel racing this year, right? Because that, on, on like, the team or whatever. Um, so you've been getting into it for a little while. Why do you think, like, those kind of adventures are fun right now? Or what's the appeal?
2: Yeah. No, I've always loved it. I mean even when I'm training, even for like a Kona or a big race, like all my non-specific effort rides, um, I'll ride my gravel bike just out on the trails. I mean, for me, I just love being off the road. You're not, you don't have cars around you. You're in the woods, you're in nature, you're on dirt roads. It's just like getting back to, yeah, those unexplored areas. Like where we were down in Patagonia, Arizona was just insane. Like, you're literally it's you and just wild animal, like cows, horses, like all wild elk, cows, antelope, yeah, they're just it's just open land down there, and it what keeps the cows in certain areas are just the cattle guards on the ground, but there's no there aren't fences or anything they can just yeah, they're just Weird. you'll come around a corner and they're just across the road, I don't know, it's just it's gorgeous, and it's just I guess escaping
0: to back to like
2: yeah nature almost. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, you were supposed to do a whole bunch of gravel racing this year, right?
2: Yeah, that was the the plan of trying to get my, I I was lucky enough to get my Kona slot at Arizona. And that was purposefully to try to, I was going to do the first half of this year, testing out some of those gravel events. So Belgian Waffle Ride, uh, there was one back east that I had thought about going to, um, I always say it wrong, Rasputitsa or something. A um, couple in Vermont and then Dirty. Kan- I got into Dirty Kansas, which was that, yeah, uh, last weekend in May um, was the plan. And then I would switch over and do a couple halves and maybe in Ironman Lake Placid and then Kona um, was a tentative plan. Right, but-
0: right. But.
2: <laughs> I feel like yeah, we should so tell
0: people like who don't know Dirty Cans is crazy. It's like a two hundred mile gravel race. It takes I mean, I've seen pictures of people at the end, they're just like shell shocked, covered in <laughs> dirt, like look like vacant in the eyes. It's very hard. So. Yeah. That race looks crazy.
2: But for me I'm like, oh, because it's like I think the women it took around ten or eleven hours. I'm like, oh, it's like an Iron Man. Like, but I just get to ride my bike all day <laughs> and I don't have to swim. <laughs>
0: You, so you were supposed to be like Placid. Like, Placid, I know, is like one of your favorites. You, I was there the year you won it outright because there wasn't a pro men's race. So you were just like the first oh. person across the line. People were very excited about that. But you also, yeah. you have to explain to me because I remember that year you also had a bunch of bananas. What's the deal with the bananas? Oh my God. That is so funny that that stuck.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, so, like I'll, I'll run out of T2 onto the run with a banana. And it's, um, I, this is came from, um, I used to work with Jesse Krapulnicki, um, on the nutrition side of things, the core diet program and, um, fueling for a race. And so he has, has his athletes, um, have a banana for the run out because you've been taking in so much sugar and sport drink, the whole bike ride that when you transition from being in a TT position to upright and you're running um, you can have GI issues because all of a sudden now you're vertical, but also you might have like a bunch of liquid in there sloshing around or um, you've just been having a lot of, yeah, that same stuff out on the bike. So when you have a banana um, sometimes it can calm the stomach or soak up some of the liquid. And so I ran out with this banana and I started, I just like, I had a little discomfort, GI discomfort. So I like, had a, a few bites of it and it seemed to calm down. And then, so I just was grabbing water at the aid stations and I was using the banana for the calories and fuel. And it, like, I was having no issues at all. So I just stuck with it. And everyone thought that I carried the same banana the entire <laughs> marathon, but I had actually grabbed the second one at one of the aid stations um and so yeah that was that's what fueled my marathon that day
0: okay okay well yeah it was just funny everyone's like she's running with a banana <laughs> like,
2: <what's going> <laughs> and she still got the banana Yes. Really. and then we like went off we played off that and uh that was the year then we had argon 18 paint my bike yellow and we did a yellow kit for <laughs> nice okay makes
0: sense
2: so See, good <coughs> i'm
0: sorry I mean, so you've won a number of Ironmans. You have the, uh, you know, Lake Placid, whatever, obviously. Um, some, uh, which other ones have you won? St. George?
2: Um, uh, last year won Spain, mm. Ironman Spain, um, Coeur d'Alene, and then Arizona.
0: Oh, Arizona. Right. Okay. And you have the yeah. current, like, Ironman uh, fastest American time. Um, you've been, like, top That that was Arizona, Arizona. right? Yeah. You've been top 10 at Kona. So I guess where I'm going with this is like, what's left that you want to do? <laughs> uh,
2: thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, well, at the start of this year, it was like being very realistic with my, my, um, yeah, I guess final career trajectory. And it's, I guess in my head, it was, I, I thought that I would have, or I think, you know, tentatively like two to three more konas at say the highest level or trying to make that top five top ten um and but all the while knowing okay like um there's always new newer faster younger women coming up and um kind of making that transition gracefully and and figure out what i'm still fully motivated by kona and um want to give yeah my ultimate like absolute best there. So that's still the ultimate goal. Um, uh, just to see if I can, yeah. Top 10 is always a goal when I go into that race. Top five is always better. And then if I could get back on that podium is obviously the ultimate goal. But in my head, it's like, okay, I have two, more, two to three more years of that. Um, obviously this year is different now, two chances next year. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I see myself kind of transitioning into that gravel racing scene. Um, more as like a a lifestyle switch i guess not not a lifestyle switch more as like a transition out of racing at the highest level and gravel still i guess provides that opportunity to compete i'm super competitive person but also just get outside and ride your bike i mean the biking i love to run biking and running are my two favorite obviously it's so secret i don't like to swim (laughs) Uh, so when i don't have to get up and go to the pool every day that's I'm probably not going to miss that, but <laughs> I mean, I think some of these gravel races are, are awesome. I have a lot of sponsors um, that are fully supportive and behind me to make that transition and, and want to be a part of that. So that is like, I could never, yeah. Thank them enough for that. that we, I've already talked with a lot of them about that and just kind of transferring over to that while um, yeah. Undertaking those and then maybe get into some coaching or camps or um, giving back to to the community that's yeah given me so much. I mean, it's cliche and people say that, but I really do feel that. Especially working with um, some like younger females coming up that want to get into the sport because I remember being there. I mean, I was just out of college and like you remember that like excitement, enthusiasm, like wildflower as a college ki- triathlete. Like those were such fun times, and to like maybe find yeah. Females coming out of that same time frame that I want to pursue the sport um, would be super cool, I think, yeah. to work with.
0: There are a lot so of like, good women coming up too, for sure.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, that's kind of my next, I don't know, whatever that would be, five, five to 10 year kind of <laughs>
0: <laughs> plan. <thought. life> right. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to go back to being an elementary school teacher. Probably Oof. not. <laughs> I don't think so.
2: (laughs) I think it'd be better now. I mean, when I was doing that, I actually, so I was actually teaching ninth grade, which, and I was 22. I was just out of school. So these, I mean, it was more having to deal with 14 year olds who were like, Miss Jackson, like my brother's older than you. Do you want me to introduce you to him? And I'm like, no, inappropriate.
0: That's so funny. I saw a picture of you too from that time though, and you look like a, you had like, now we think of you as like your super blonde mohawk and your tattoos, but you looked like a school teacher back then. You looked like long blonde hair. <laughs> like, oh my yeah, God. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. I know.
2: I know. And then I met Wadi, who, when I got the job in California, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to move to California. I had never been to the West Coast. Like, I went straight up New England, like, small town in New Hampshire, and I hadn't traveled at all. And Got out to California and I was like where are all the surfer dudes like I was like looking for like the flat brims and surfer shorts and stuff like that and like I didn't even it, I mean I was on the other side of the hill in the Santa Cruz area, so I'm like Silicon Valley so it's like right there were no surfers no, like, nobody that looked brands. like yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then finally I'm at Wadi and I was like whoa yeah like here, here's a tatted flat brim.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, so good.
0: That's hilarious. And now, see, and now, like, I feel like you've had a whole lifestyle change and everything.
2: Thanks. To I know. Him. No. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh, my God. 100%. Like, he's like, you're like straight. It was never that I, yeah. I, I like. Was so clueless. When you come from New Hampshire, it's so tough. I try to describe because he has no idea about like New England, New Hampshire, like just small town. Like it's so different on the East Coast than the West Coast. You come out, and I just feel like people are more, yeah, expressive or open or have st- style, different styles. I don't want to say style, and East Coast doesn't, but it's just <laughs> it's like different. It's like like I don't know. This is just what I grew up with. I never like, but I thought it was yeah, super cool and. He was like, just whatever, like be yourself, be more open, be so he's yeah, helped me out in so many different ways. Not just like Jonathan, just being yeah, discovering more who I am too from coming from more of a just yeah, I don't know, not having done that, I guess.
0: For sure. <laughs> and you guys have even. like your and you guys started your own clothing company, um, which I think obviously this whole pandemic's been a little rough for uh, oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> we we had to fully shut down. We had to like lay off. Um, I mean, yeah, lay off almost everyone. It's more like we shut the doors and then you furlough. Is it furlough everyone or lay them all? I forget. We we did something so that then they could file for unemployment, um, stuff like that. So it's like, but yeah, everyone. I mean, we were able to get um, the approval to open with a certain number of sewers because we make it all in San Diego. And so we have a full factory there with sewers and we are able to get qualified as an essential business just to make masks. And so our sewer, we, I think we are allowed to have like six or something sewers come in to sew these masks and the that I need to give a shout out to anyone who bought a Wadi Ink mask because literally it's kept us like, somewhat afloat i don't want to say we're afloat but like literally we could pay some of the bills so otherwise yeah i don't know i mean well, obviously everyone's in the same position it's right. not it's not yeah that, but thank you <laughs> to those people and then just yeah we're digging out now of like as they're slowly allowing more things to start to happen or um but yeah <laughs> it's yeah, been a, it's, a rough couple months
0: yeah, as everyone
2: probably has been dealing with so
0: yeah yeah definitely um well i was trying to think there anything else i was going to ask you uh we've been ending with a would you rather lately and so now after all your talk <laughs> i feel like i want to ask you would you rather do a 200 mile gravel race or an iron man
2: that's so tough <laughs> <sighs> i don't know i think i'm still uh like right now if you said okay there's there's one event, there's two events happening and they're both on the same day. It's the only race weekend that's going to happen in 2020. Like dirty cancer Kona. I would pick Kona right. a thousand times over for sure. Right now ask me in like three or four more years, I'll probably have made the full switch over, but I definitely still have that desire to, to find what I can do at the Ironman level distance level. Um, but yeah that is a tough one you're like i want to do dk so bad that event just <laughs> intrigues me <laughs> but if kona and dk were happening this october and yet i had to pick i'd, go, I'd pick kona <laughs>
0: for sure for sure um cool well thank you so much for talking to us and for for all of the i don't know positivity yeah. and, and real talk <laughs> and everything
2: yeah no thanks so much for having me on
0: Thanks to Heather, Marilyn, and all our staff at Triathlete. Don't forget to subscribe to Triathlete Magazine's podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review if you like what you hear and share with your friends. And don't forget to keep training and stay motivated.